Hello and happy Monday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and it is always a good day when I get to welcome you back to another episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we cover topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and need. Before we dive in, a question for our listeners. Is there a specific topic, technology, or solution you'd like us to cover in a future episode? We would love to hear from you. Feel free to share your feedback with us on Twitter at at Cisco Champion. All right, so today we are talking about Cisco's routed optical networking solution, how it simplifies operations for the 5G era. To guide the conversation, we have a phenomenal Cisco champion. We have a phenomenal cast of Cisco champion hosts and a deeply knowledgeable Cisco expert with us here today. So settle in and join us for the next half hour or so as we discuss this innovative solution. So as you know, we always like to start with a round of introductions. Rana, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll start with you. Tell us more about who you are and what you do at Cisco. Thanks for having me today. So uh, I'm a director of product management within Cisco's mass scale infrastructure group. And I'm really excited to talk to you today about routed optical networking and how this will transform how we build networks today. We're excited to have you. All right, Shai, welcome back. You are getting your frequent hosting miles lately. So what do you do when you're not hosting Cisco Champion Radio episodes? Uh, <laughs> well, I do grow potatoes in my garden. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I work for San Jose State University. I'm the director of network services. Uh, and uh, this is a very exciting topic because as we need more speeds on campuses, this is, the, I think, something that's uh, of great interest to me personally as well. So I'm very excited about this episode. Awesome. Oh, my Twitter handle is Shidom, S-H-A-I-D-O-M. All right, David, you're up next. Who are you? What do you do? Oh, well, I'm David Fanales. I work as a consulting engineer for Verizon Enterprise Solutions. And I uh, do SD1 and some other bits and pieces of this. Um, I'm basically just the guy who tells you you're doing things wrong, and I get paid for that, but that's pretty cool. And my Twitter handle is David nice. Samuel PS. And, well, and David, you also grow potatoes, right? Yes. Well, yes and no. Maybe not here. Actually, what I'm now, uh, what I'm growing right now is cilantro. That's hilarious. But it's uh, I spent a couple of weeks just trying to find the seeds because it seems like nobody had them. And now suddenly that I have them, I'm putting cilantro everywhere. But it's going to be an All amazing right. semester for soups. <laughs> <laughs> How exciting. All right, Dara, tell us about yourself. What's, what's your background? What do you do? Hi, everyone. I'm Dara Footman. I am a network engineer for Greater Baltimore Medical Center, a local hospital. Um, and I pretty much go in and fix things. So <laughs> people put in the tickets, I respond to the tickets and then help my team with various projects in the data center space. And you can find me across social media at CCIE by 30. Awesome. Rana. All right. Before we dive into our discussion, can you set us up, uh, give us any background or context that you think will allow us to hit the ground running here? Definitely. So today we're going to be talking about routed optical networking, and this is a key architecture shift within the service provider networking space. And it's really around the convergence of IP and optical layers into a single 
converged as the end transport network. And the promise here is by driving that convergence, we can deliver up to 45% TCO savings for our customers. And if we take a look at how can we actually realize this and what are the drivers behind this transition, we can summarize them into shifts in both economics, but also in technology. And if we start by looking at what's shifting from an economics perspective, and we take a look at building a, a typical 10 gig bill of material, we're going to see that the cost that comes from the router ports is maybe roughly 90%, while the cost that comes from the optics is maybe around 10%. But if we look at the 400 gig era that we're in today, it's the complete opposite. And the cost of the optics is actually higher than the cost of the router ports themselves. And as a result of this economic shift, we can actually look at the network quite differently to drive simplification and convergence and really enable um, a single layered network that's based on a segment routing, an EVPN based control plane and converge all services onto that. Now, from a technology perspective, if we would look at what really shifted across optical routing and uh, automation, we're going to see that on, on the optical side, there has been a, a shift where typical transponders that today take up full base chassis, uh, taking up space, power, but also are quite expensive, are now getting evolved towards a much more simpler digital coherent optic that can plug into the router and deliver significant savings. And then on the routing side, there has been a lot of advancements in routing silicon where today we can deliver up to 260 terabits of traffic on a single router. And then lastly, on the automation side, there has been a lot of innovation around how do we simplify operations of networks? How do we bring in unified visualization, but also orchestration, assurance and analytics across both IP and optical? And with those, we can really look at um, a simplified network that's much easier to to manage and operate. Let's just go with uh, with the shift in the optical side. That's that's actually the the, the topic that we will cover first because Jeff mentioned that there is a there is a price and also operational cost and all that. So let's just first address this. What exactly is happening in the optical side right now? Yeah. So if we take a look at what's really happening on the optical side, we're going to see that. You know, typical transponders that we have today that are used to start the DWDM signal, they are chassis based transponders and they take up a lot of space and power and they're quite expensive. And the shift that's happening is we can actually now replace those with a digital coherent optic that can plug into the router and start the DWDM signal from the router itself. Now to that point, I mean, you have the DSP on the actual transponder now. Yes, so the, the DSP is, is on the transponder. And, uh, you know, previously that was obviously on um, the transponder chassis. Now, since we are shifting the transponder into the router, we have the, the DSP or the digital signal processing on the optic itself that plugs into the router. That's really interesting. Um... How does that differ from how things are, are operated right now? Like what benefits do we get from having a DSP on the transponder? So, I mean, if you take a look at how we uh, traditionally connect um, 
routing and optical layers today, the way it works is we've got router that, you know, we've got a gray optic that plugs into it. And then we basically plug in another gray optic on the transponder uh, to connect them. And then the transponder starts the DWM signal. Now what's actually happening is we're eliminating those uh, two gray optics and we're eliminating the, the full transponder shelf. And instead of that, we're just replacing this with a digital coherent optic that can plug into the, the router uh, in a much more simplified manner. Okay, so they get it rid of the man in the middle. So now you would have just the optic network and the router. Is that correct? Yes, so we would basically um, converge IP and optical. We would start the DWM signal from the router by saving up on the space, power, and cost of dedicated transponder shelves and the extra gray optics that were used before to connect them. And at the same time, we can drive convergence where now we can have a single layered network with a unified control plane, leveraging segment routing innovation to really drive unified path optimization across the network and manage it as, as a single layered network instead of uh, the two or three layers that we have today. So, <clears throat> so it sounds like we have like, I mean, it's a really new architecture for how we, we operate the networks today than how we did yesterday. Can you give example of, of how things are now going to be different, uh, both day one of, of how we, we operate the network and day two operations in this new architecture? That's a great question. So if we take a look at how networks are operated today, we have um, two different layers. We've got a layer of IP and we've got a layer of optical. And each one of those layers operates in a silo. So we've got separate operations teams. We have separate tools to, to manage each one of those layers to do design, planning, and implementation. And as a result of that, we really have inefficient capacity planning. We've got no end-to-end -end service optimization. And we have a much more complex network to troubleshoot when, when issues arise. Now, what we're proposing with the routed optical networking architecture is to converge that, those and come up with a single converged SDN transport network that would allow us to manage a single network, have a single automation stack that can visualize, orchestrate, and optimize traffic over that network while maintaining all the services converged onto that single layer. Thank you. Very, very cool. So just out of curiosity, um, what's driving this this convergence and, and you know, what's enabling Cisco to kind of put this in the forefront? So the, the key enablers for the convergence are really both economics and, and technology, right? So if we take a look at economics, the way we've built networks traditionally was always trying to optimize for reducing the number of router ports because those were the most expensive, right? So if you take a look at a 10 gig bill of material, maybe 90% of the cost will come from the actual router port and 10% will come from the price of the optics. Now, if you look at 400 gig, which is really the era that we're in today, it's the total opposite. So the, the price of the optics is actually more than the price of the router port itself. And as a result of this, we can look at the network architecture differently and now be able to optimize by converging both of those layers, eliminating non-needed gray optics by integrating the transponder into the router and having a unified control plane as a single layered network so that we can drive significant 
both capex and opex savings on the technology side as well we've been having new innovation that allows us to drive that right so one is what we spoke about in terms of transponders evolving to pluggable optics that's one technology shift the second technology shift is there has been huge advancements in routing silicon where we can deliver in a single router 260 terabits of switching traffic and third the automation solutions that now enable us to manage both IP and optical as a converged network, giving us unified visualization, unified orchestration, and unified capacity planning and, and path optimization. Okay, so the lesson is the bigger your pipe, the more you will save, isn't it? The, yeah, the, the, <laughs> so so the, le the lesson is that now that we have much bigger pipes on, on the routing side, that we can simplify the network and avoid having to do uh, traffic switching uh, independently on an IP layer in a siloed approach from the optical layer where they don't actually talk to each other, right? So now we can do traffic switching over the IP layer, leveraging segment routing capabilities and simplify the network so that you have a single view instead of two different silos. Yeah, I, find, I find this fascinating because before then, when we had this intermediate layer in which there was an optical device then doing all this, talking then then it's like they would talk in a completely different language and then what happens when you go from one language to another is that in some of the expressions then the meaning will get lost in the parlance so you will get some of these that wouldn't be completely translated so if we go to networking this case would be that the whole throughput that you're you're passing through these devices that kind of be actually directly mapped to the other side of the box in a one-by-one -one basis so then, by getting rid of this middleman, then you're just, well, you're just extending the pipe from A to B without this guy in the middle. <laughs> and then using the silicon, you will get this one by one, isn't it? So you wouldn't be losing all this translation. He will be, you know, the guy in the middle just knowing exactly what he needs to do without the help of the, of the translator there. Are we eliminating the middleman or are we actually just adding uh, another layer of intelligence? Well, if he wasn't yeah, very clever. Yeah, we make the middleman... <laughs> middleman smarter <laughs> do we make it smarter that's the thing <laughs> so we, we actually drive convergence right because now you have optical starting in, in the in the router itself right so so you've you have a converged ip and optical layer there and by, by doing that you can simplify the network significantly and you still keep i mean optical as a technology is definitely still existent right and um optical is is what we need to go for, you know, long distances. Is what we need to, you know, be able to um, move the signal basically and, and maximize the throughput that we get out of our fiber, right? But it's just about instead of having them working in a silo, you now have both IP and optical converged onto a, a single routed optical networking architecture. So, uh, Rana, you. Uh, you, you kind of talked about uh, about cost savings and all that, and I was wondering if you can uh, talk about the whole economics of going to the 400 gig E, because I mean I think it's very exciting. We hear uh, so many people starting to adopt it, and and a lot of innovation on that side. So, what are the economics of it? Yeah, so so moving to 400 gig E brings a lot of savings, right? Because obviously, uh, you can deliver a lot more traffic out of a, a single router, but at the same time, you can also save significantly on, on power, space, 
and really look at um, a much reduced uh, cost per bit, right? And if we take a look as well into the, the optical space and the fact that we're able now to deliver on 400 gig transponders as pluggable optics into the router, which actually comes in the exact same form factor as a gray optic, so we can deliver that in QSFPDD, which really means that we're not going to have any more density trade-off, right? So when we integrate optical or DWDM into the router, we're actually doing that without a density trade-off with those pluggable optics, and that delivers huge savings. This is thanks wow. to the, the reuse in the, well, the, the technology that was acquired by, by getting into Cisco Acacia and Luxtera, isn't it? 100%, right? And, um, you know, that was definitely the you know, main driver behind the Acacia acquisition that we've done. Acacia is a leader in, in coherent technologies. So um, they're, they're leaders in, in building DSPs and specifically as well, coherent technologies and DSPs for pluggable optics. And uh, with that, this gives us, you know, best in class capabilities to drive that convergence of IP and optical. It's definitely impressive. If you've seen a bill of materials with 10 gig or um, in, in my company's case, 40 gig ports. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a big cost savings. I, I guess, you know, so I'm kind of looking 400 gigs and, and I know like, you know, the MIG is really kind of talking about the mass infrastructure, but. At what point should enterprise customers potentially look at MIG products uh, versus enterprise networking when, when they're going to the 400 gig space? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, the, the reason why we call this group the mass scale infrastructure group is we really build products for mass scale networks and mass scale networks can be service providers, but also can be public sector and enterprise customers that are building their own networks and they're building their own WAN core networks and, and optical infrastructure and uh, or even private 5G networks. Um, and, and that's where we also play in. So with both public sector enterprise and SPs, they're building mass scale infrastructure. So we could get into a situation where the mass scale infrastructure and, and of course, the site of service provider and then the, the enterprise networks will need into well in a very high level right but they would meet at some point when the scale is that big so they will be in well i showed you mine if you showed me yours right <laughs> i mean i i think i think you're right but to, to that extent it's uh i mean at some point as the consumption model changes uh, i see that we're gonna need uh more velocity of data and the mass uh, i mean the mass infrastructure is is gonna have to start going from the service providers down downstream to some of the larger enterprises that's right because as the type of content and also the consumption model changes then we will get more and more content that will be done delivered in video rather than audio and that would definitely require a massive throughput so we can adapt to that okay so I'm, I'm a little curious about because we've been talking about just the physical part or the logical till the logical layer when we just put everything together and now it's converged. But you mentioned before that thanks to these convergence, then you could then first build networks in another way, which is one of the questions. And then uh, the next one that I have in mind is what's going to happen with now that we have a simple network, then how powerful can the automation be? Because I don't have several types of devices I will manage. I will have just a single one with a huge pipe. So how do we do that? So, okay, let's address the first one first, and then we can just jump in. Yes, yeah, so, so definitely, I think automation has been super key, right? And if we take a look at 
uh, the spend of our service providers today or basically customers that are building mass scale infrastructure, they actually spend more on OPEX than on CAPEX, right? And with the evolution to 5G, and as we're getting more and more devices onto the network, that will continue to be a, a challenge. So we need to deliver on a, a much more simplified network that is fully automated so that we can reduce that OPEX pressure on our customers. So the focus has really been on how do we enable our customers to operate a single layered network, eliminate the silos within the proprietary software stacks they have today, that are managing IP separately from optical and have a unified automation stack that is multi-vendor, that is open and standards-based, that can deliver on all the functions needed from starting from day minus one of how you do capacity planning over a converged network to day zero of how you actually do automated bring-ups and zero-touch provisioning, moving into your day one operations of how you automatically roll out services, be able to optimize the paths over the network to meet the needed SLAs, and be able to provide service assurance to ensure that you are delivering the best in class services for your customers, right? So the full automation stack that we have focuses on this whole lifecycle management and the service lifecycle as well. So, so it's kind of like moving from IT to OT, right? From information to kind of technology management to operational uh, te uh, technology management. And basically, you know, how do you move towards, um, you know, a network that can be, you know, self-driving? You know, it's uh, how can you move to a network that can remediate itself and and automate the, the different um, orchestration capabilities, rolling out new services faster, troubleshooting things in a much more simplified manner, so that it becomes uh, you know, much easier to uh, move to even bigger and massive scale networks uh, with 5G. That sounds exciting, but also scary because I think of a Skynet, isn't it? So it's <laughs> self-healing, self-cleaning, it does everything and then suddenly get out of here, humans. Well, Elon Musk... <laughs> so you're, you're always going <laughs> to... So you're always going to definitely need humans. It's just that... If we if we take a look and actually there's um you know there, there's an interesting statistics that show of you know the, the growth of traffic that's going to happen with 5G and the number of new IoT devices that will be joining the network um, and with that massive scale the, the only way to do this is we need to automate this right I mean if we're gonna uh, multiply the number of people by by the number of devices that will be joining the network to uh, to basically operate it that will be quite a challenge right so. Uh, the focus has been really here on how to simplify and automate while, you know, obviously maintaining as well. Um, you're always going to need a, an operations team to manage the network as well. <laughs> so we'll keep the humans, right? Yes. <laughs> for now. <laughs> at, least for, at least for now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I, I guess you, you brought up, I mean, I really, I mean, uh, talked about 5G a little bit and IoT, but how is 5G driving and, and impacting our uh, optical routing here or being impacted by it? It's a two-way. Yeah, so I mean, with, with the evolution towards 5G, right? And, you know, as we mentioned, there's going to be a huge traffic growth, um, especially with, you know, what we call the enhanced mobile broadband services. There's going to be a huge number of, of new devices coming onto the network and with IoT devices and, and the evolution of what we call the increase in machine to machine communications. 
And at the same time, there's going to be new services, right? Like low latency services that are called um, ultra reliable low latency um, in the context of 5G, right? And with right. those, you're going to have to evolve the network to, to be able to deliver on those. And as a result of this, we're going to have to expand the network to new locations. We're going to have to grow the, the capacity that we can deliver over this network. But at the same time, we're going to have to do this in a very efficient manner while trying to converge all the other services as well onto this unified network so that we can deliver on TCO savings. So given the fact that we're anyways going to have to do upgrades in the network as we move to 5G, it's really the ideal time to leverage that to drive convergence of all the services onto um, a single layered network that can leverage innovation that we're doing around segment routing, EVPN, programmability, security, and automation, so that you can realize all those savings, not just for the 5G services, but for all the other services as well, right? Right. Nice. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, can we get into like the meat and potatoes of customer onboarding for this new solution? So for, for customer onboarding, and, and the way we laid this out is, this is, um, can also be a multi-phase journey, right? So phase one can be customers can embark on, on basically integrating the transponders into the routers via those uh, digital coherent optics that we spoke about. And, and also combine that with an automation stack that will allow us to manage not just the, the new routed optical network, but also existing brownfield networks today and having all of that together in a single unified view, right? The second phase of this is how do we drive convergence of all the services, right? So we've got services today that are delivered over an IP network, the likes of mobile, like 5G, the likes of residential traffic, uh, business VPN services. But we also have other services like private lines that are delivered over the optical network. And as we move to routed optical networking, we can drive convergence there by even moving the private line services onto that converged network layer. So you have a, a single layered network that delivers all those services. The third phase would be to move into simplifying your optical layer, right? And looking at how you're doing traffic switching on IP versus how you're doing traffic switching on optical. And if and you can converge that by driving simplification there and moving more and more of that uh, path optimization, leveraging the segment routing innovation so that you can simplify the network further and have a single control plane over the network. When I think about it, the, the, the more interesting it looks like because it's just not the physical part, not just the logical part, it's also the control plane, it's also how the convergence is handled. By the control plane to optimize the data plane, how do you onboard customers? It's just the whole, the whole thing. It, it's, for me, it's exciting. Seriously, not because of Skynet, but it's just the, the, the concept of having everything on, on a single place. It's fantastic. Yeah, and no, definitely. And I think, um, you know, from a, from a convergence perspective as well, we've been also driving, you know, brand new innovation, right? So, you know, like we mentioned in, in this phase two of the customer journey of converging all the services, you know, if you take a look at private line services today, they're delivered over a totally separate layer of the network that's called OTN switching, right? So if we can converge that, we can eliminate a, a complete layer in the network and simplify. So what we've been doing is 
driving brand new innovation in the industry that's called private line emulation. And the idea here is we can basically deliver those private line services over, over the IP network, leveraging what we call um, emulation, right? So you can emulate the circuits over an IP network by delivering on a pseudo wire end-to-end while maintaining the same SLA characteristics that are delivered over an OTN network today. And those would be things like bandwidth reservation, ensuring that the path end-to-end -end is bi-directional and is persistent and that does not change. And all these characteristics we can deliver on today with new innovation like the segment routing circuit style and the automation stack that comes with this that allows you to maintain uh, all those characteristics over the, the routed optical network. Are you leverage? I mean, are you leveraging the DSP on the transponders for that, or is that all being uh, done in the uh, OTM router? Yeah. So, so basically, if we look at um, an OTN switch today, right? I mean, um, uh, you know, there is a function of uh, you know terminating OTN type interfaces and um, being able to transport those circuits over the network end to end. Uh, in a way where you actually reserve the bandwidth, so that a circuit is reserved end-to-end, -end, as opposed to, you know, typically on, in an IP world, you basically kind of get statistical multiplexing and um, you basically are not necessarily reserving end-to-end -end, um, that same circuit bandwidth over the whole network, right? And then there is uh, the element of uh, moving into a DWM uh, space where you need a transponder, right? So those are kind of um, the two functions. Now, what we're doing here with routed optical networking, we are integrating the transponder function via the pluggable optic, but we're also integrating the, the OTN switching function of how you deliver on private line services today and moving that onto the IP layer as well, right? And we maintain the same bandwidth reservation, the same uh, typical uh, circuit characteristics by adding new capabilities to the IP layer, like segment routing circuit style, um, that allows us to to realize that same paradigm as well, but onto an IP network where, you know, for those set of services, you do not need to do ECMP. You can reserve the bandwidth end-to-end -end across the network, and you can ensure that the the end-to-end -end circuit path does not change and is persistent. Right, so. This is brand new innovation that we're adding as well to, to enable this convergence. Each time you explain something and then you you try to drive the whole landscape and suddenly it looks beautiful, you know, birds fly, this part of the thing, and then you have this skeptical grumpy old engineer in the back of the room saying, how is this different from what we did before, which was just IP over WDDM? So what would you say to that? Because you always have this guy who's there just waiting to, I told you, so. That's actually, that's actually a great question, right? And um, I'm glad that you asked that. And there has definitely been attempts at the past at what we call IP over DWDM. And, you know, this time is, is quite different. And, and let's talk about why. So firstly, what's really changing here is, you know, before when we tried to do IP over DWDM, what we did was we, we had a, a DSP, which was, you know, big that we put onto a, a router line card. And as a result of that, we had to reduce the number of router ports. And if you remember, we talked about how the router ports were actually quite expensive, right? So to do that, you had 
special router line card hardware, you basically uh, had a density trade-off, which was expensive. Now, you can just use those pluggable optics onto any router line card. And they are the same form factor as any gray optic that you would use anyways. So this eliminates the, the density trade-off and allows much wider adoption. The other thing that's also changing is in the past, those attempts were, were really proprietary, right? So to get interop between different vendors um, was, was not as easy. Now, this technology, what we call the ZR, ZR Plus with those pluggable optics are becoming now an industry standard. So you can have a multi-vendor environment and, and basically support that across um, you know, the different uh, routers and, and, and different pluggable optics that you have. The other major shift as well is uh, as we move higher in speeds, the distances that we can go in with gray optics becomes less and less, right? So in, in 400 gig, anything above 10 kilometers requires coherent technology, right? So what we traditionally used to deliver via gray optics in, in maybe 10 gig, now we need coherent uh, technology for, and as a result of this, um, you need to start uh, integrating those into the router, right? So, and given the fact that the price points are changing um, and you can eliminate the gray optics and just integrate the pluggable coherent optics directly onto the router, that delivers huge savings as well. Now, do, do you see this also um, because now we have, I mean, this, I mean, amazing jump in throughput and capacity that uh, we're going to see service providers using the economics to consolidate multiple circuits onto a mixed use circuit here because of the conversions. So, so that's definitely, I mean, the, the target and, and we've been uh, really pushing on what we call the converge ASEAN transport network for quite some time. And the reason is instead of maintaining, you know, different networks for different services, and that becomes completely expensive, right? We should converge all the services onto a single network and leverage the, the innovation that we have to be able to differentiate between the different services based on their respective SLAs with, with things like segment routing, performance monitoring that allows us to, you know, measure end-to-end -end latency and, and capabilities that we're adding in terms of how we do path optimization and how we automate the network end-to-end. -end. Um, and this can really allow us to, to deliver on those services uninterrupted, but over a single layered network instead of uh, three or more different networks. So, so I have like, I think one of my last questions here, uh, and it's got a little bit uh, different, is uh, I know that uh, MIG has had quite a few acquisitions recently. I was wondering if you wouldn't mind listing out some of the recent acquisitions and what they each bring to the table. Yes, definitely. So, um, I mean, we spoke about the Acacia acquisition, which has really been around bringing this innovative, high-speed, coherent optics uh, that allow us to deliver on uh, the Zero Zero Plus into our routers. We've also made the uh, you know acquisition of Sedona, which really is around uh, acquiring you know best-in-class capabilities of a hierarchical controller that can really give us a unified solution across IP and optical for automating the network in unified visualization, but also unified orchestration, instead of having like a siloed view of the network with, with different layers across IP and optical. You know, back in 2016, we've also made an acquisition of Liba, which was basically enabling us to have the next generation silicon for, for routing and switching technologies. And, you know, this resulted into, um, 
the launch of our Cisco 8000 product family. And, uh, you know, this was the industry's first 10.8 terabit router MPU that we launched in, in December 2019. Um, and those have all been kind of contributing to, to why we can move towards this routed optical networking architecture and, and simplify how networks are built today. Great. Thank you. Thank you. We've been driving new innovation and development across the mass infrastructure portfolio to enable the, the transition towards routed optical networking. So starting from the optics, we're, we're supporting ZR, ZR Plus from our Acacia acquisition. We've also been revamping the, the routing portfolio for 400 gig with QSF PDD support, where you can support ZR, ZR Plus across the whole network, starting from the access with the NCS 540, into aggregation with NCS 5700, into the edge with ASR 9K, and then the core with the Cisco 8000. We're adding new capabilities around segment routing innovation, like segment routing circuit style, EVPN capabilities for enhanced redundancy, and full programmability, including open config support for a standards-based approach across that portfolio. On the optical side, we have been focusing on enhancing NCS2K for the support of the, the minus 10 dBm launch power of the ZR0 Plus optics. And also, we're introducing the NCS 1010, which is a new addition to the optical portfolio that allows us to do MUX, DMUX amplification, but also rodent switching based on uh, various customer requirements. And it leverages the same software of iOS XR that is used today on our routing platforms. On the automation side, we've been laser focused on simplifying network operations, delivering outcomes for our customers that focus on faster time to revenue and also reduce the mean time to repair. And on the Crosswork portfolio, we've been adding capabilities on unified path optimization, unified visualization for IP and optical, and also unified orchestration end-to-end, -end, along with as well end-to-end -end service health capabilities. And we've also augmented the portfolio with the acquisition of Sedona, adding the NetFusion product as a hierarchical controller that can basically visualize an end-to-end -end network across IP and optical, both a RON architecture, but also a brownfield environment as well that can have various third-party optical vendors today, uh, leveraging the, the existing optical uh, topologies, right? And we can visualize all this, orchestrate all this end-to-end, -end, having that unified view over NetFusion that allows us to actually do the mapping across the layers, right? Where you can map a VPN service, as an example, down to the segment routing policy, down to the IP topology and how it's connected, and then down to the optical connectivity as well. And you can get all this correlation to enable much easier troubleshooting and further simplification on how you operate the network. All right. Well, this has been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. I appreciate you listening in today and a very special thank you to our expert and champs 
for being a part of today's episode. If you want to learn more about today's topic, just click on the link provided in the description below. And just a reminder, you could subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to hit or softly click on that subscribe or follow button now. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. See you next Monday.